Welcome to Russian History Retold, Episode 137, A Very Brief History of Belarus. I want to apologize to my regular listeners who have been following me every week. Uh, been a bit of a gap between the last episode, but I'm starting a new job, so just crazy things happening. But I think we're going to get back on track. I know my next podcast after this one, The Ensurfment of the Russian Peasant, is one that's just absolutely fascinating and I think is going to be worth the wait. Uh, looks like fantastic information out there. So let's get on with this one. Last episode, we covered the Battle of Borodino, which marked the effective end of Napoleon's invasion of Russia. Today, I wanted to go over the history of the country of Belarus, who was part of the Russian and Soviet empires until gaining its independence in 1991. This topic was selected by the Facebook community of the Russian Rulers Podcast. Thanks to all who participated. Today, Belarus is an independent country, as I said, since 1991, when it broke away from the Soviet Union. It is a landlocked country that is bordered by Russia to the northeast, Ukraine, which we know is in the news right now, to the south, Poland to the west, and Lithuania and Latvia to the northwest. During its history, it has been part of the Principality of Polotsk, Kievan Rus, the Grand Principality of Lithuania, the Poland-Lithuania grouping, the Russian Empire, interwar Poland, and the aforementioned Soviet Union. Many experts believe that Belarus, and in particular the southwestern part, is the original homeland of Slavic speakers and possibly of Indo-Europeans as a whole. The name Belarus, which literally means White Rus, is shrouded in controversy and conjecture. One thought is that when it was part of the Grand Duchy of Lithuania, it was used to describe the Christianized area as the White, as opposed to the pagan Black area, or Ruthenia. Another is that the peoples in the region wore predominantly white clothing. And the third theory is that the area that had not been conquered by the Mongols, so this was considered White Russia. The first inhabitants of the region were known as the Bandarkuromik, and they lived there from about 5000 to 2000 BCE. We also find the Dnieper Donetsk culture in Belarus and Ukraine about 1000 BCE. From there, the Sumerians and other pastoral-like peoples roamed the forests and countryside. So around 500 BCE, we find the first Slavic people inhabiting the land. Going forward almost a thousand years, we have the Avars and the Huns. They sweep through the region between about 400 and 600 CE, but the Slavic peoples remained entrenched. In 900, we find the Slavic Dregovici and Ramici, who were the dominant tribes, and they've assimilated the Baltic peoples who also lived around here. It's around this time that we see the invasion of the Varangians. Polotsk was the seat of power in the region under the control of the Varangian prince Rogvalod. He was not a relative of the Kievan family, the Rurikids. In 980, Vladimir the Great invaded and killed the local prince. He then had his son, Yazislav, marry Rogvalod's daughter, Ragneda, to create the first sub-dynasty in the region. 
Because of its location, the following centuries saw the lands of Belarus changing hands over and over because of its borders, as I mentioned before, with Lithuania, Poland, Latvia, Ukraine, and Russia. And because of this, we see a battle between the Catholic and the Orthodox Church to be the dominant religion. In the end, the Orthodox Church became the one that had the most adherents. Today, of those with a religious preference, 82% consider themselves Orthodox. By the year 1000, Belarus was fully absorbed by Kievan Rus until the death of Yaroslav the Wise in 1054. The country split into a number of principalities, some aligning themselves with the Germans, some with the Lithuanians, and others with the Swedes. When the Mongols invaded Kievan Rus, shattering their world, they stayed out of Belarus for some reason, for the most part. Due to the isolation of Russia from the rest of the world, Belarus became part of the Grand Duchy of Lithuania and then part of the Polish-Lithuanian Empire. Now this began to erode as the Russians began to slowly throw off the Mongol yoke. As an example, the Grand Prince of Polotsk, Andrei, even fought with Dmitry Donskoy at the Battle of Kulikova against Mamai of the Tatars in 1380. Over the next hundred years, few hundred years even, Belarus began to become more and more part of the Russian Empire. It was Ivan III, the gatherer of the Russian lands, also known as Ivan the Great, who led a series of military conquests in 1486 to bring in both Belarus and Ukraine under Moscovy's umbrella. It wasn't until the reign, though, of Catherine the Great that Belarus was fully incorporated into the Russian Empire started by Peter the Great. Belarus had a very strong Polish cultural background. When the country began to become annexed into Russia as part of a three-stage procedure in 1772, 1793, and 1795, the rulers, for the most part, respected the Polish culture and institutions until the Polish uprising of 1830-1831. Here we have the ultra-conservative Tsar Nicholas I beginning a program of suppressing the Polish influence and starting the process of Russification, which was applied very heavy-handedly. In fact, Nicholas I banned the use of the name Belarus, instead calling the country the Northwestern Territory. And this just continued on. But now let's move forward to 1921. Belarus was divided with Poland because of the treaty with Germany to end the war and the war effort. Uh, so they got the western part, and the Soviet Union created the Belarusian Soviet Socialist Republic. The BSSR suffered through the Soviet collectivization, purges, and five-year plans like the rest of the USSR. Of course, there were millions killed throughout the Soviet Union. Belarus, of course, being a smaller country, didn't suffer as many numeric losses, but a great percentage of their people did die. Now, after the 1939 Soviet-German non-aggression pact, many, if not most, of the Belarusian Jews were murdered. All in all, the war that eventually ensued cost the lives of one-eighth of the population, approximately one million lives. In 1986, Belarus suffered greatly from the Chernobyl disaster 
because of the proximity to the plant and the prevailing winds. In 1991, like the rest of the Soviet republics, Belarus declared its independence and renamed itself as the Republic of Belarus on August 25th of that year. It then joined the Commonwealth of Independent States, the CIS. As of today, the population is about 9.2 million, with 83% identifying themselves as ethnically Belarusians, 8% Russian, 3% Ukrainian, and about 2% Jewish. Their president is Alexander Lukashenko, who is generally regarded as exercising dictatorial control with a firm relationship with Vladimir Putin and Russia. Now, I'm sure there's, there's a lot going on here now with the Ukrainian crisis and Belarus being right on their border. And they have a very tight relationship, as I said, with Russia and Putin. Now, they supposedly have a free democracy, but the reality is that the people are tightly controlled and having to deal with an absolutely terribly corrupt government. I mean, from everything I've seen and looking at these people, in order to get anything done in this country, you have to bribe somebody, and not just somebody, a whole string and line of people. So, you know, hopefully for the people, they're going to have it better in the future. But right now, it looks like they're really having to deal with a very corrupt and uh, ineffective government. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know it was really short. Uh, time constraints being out there, but I wanted to get something to you on this country. And there really isn't an enormous amount of information on Belarus in English, which would be <laughs> the only way I could get that. But join me next time. As I mentioned before, we're going to cover the history of in the ensurfment of the Russian peasant, which I think is going to be absolutely fascinating. Well, thanks for listening. Please visit the blog site at RussianRulersHistory.com to make a donation or read about events in Russian history. And absolutely, don't forget to visit us on Facebook at Russian Rulers History Podcast, where we've got lively discussions going on, people posting things about Russian history, links, photographs, some really fascinating stuff. And there, you can ask a question, leave a comment, make a suggestion, or occasionally participate in a poll. So now, as always, до свидания и спасибо большое.